right. we're rolling. Yep, we're right. rolling. Artists we know. Yep. This is Aiden. Kyle. Here with Peter Chaconis. Let's bring him down a little bit. All right. Or if you just want to be a little yeah. further. Yeah. A tiny bit. Okay. Um, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to yeah. have you. Good to have you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so should we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, let's talk about like a little bit about your background and how you got into blacksmithing. All right. So I was a biology student and, you know, I, I liked it, but it wasn't quite working out for me. I took a year off of school for some health related issues, trying to figure my sh- stuff out, honestly. Um, and, uh, there's a local business called Milwaukee blacksmith. Yeah. Uh, I had always wanted to get into it. You know, I grew up a lot of fantasy mythology, stuff like that. So it just seemed like a really cool thing. Uh, they had a blacksmithing 101 class, which I took, to be honest, I was pretty bad at it. Um, but I had a passion and a drive, so they saw that and they offered me an internship Sweet. or apprenticeship at that point. So I just kind of came in, did a couple hours of work, get a couple hours of free shop time. And that was just fantastic for me, just being able to play around, practice and practice. And I did that for probably two years uh, while pursuing biology. And um, I just realized it made me happy in a way that I, I really wasn't feeling with my uh, education in biology. So I looked into the Peck School of the Arts and saw we had a jewelry and metalsmithing program, and I thought, well, why don't I just pursue a Bachelor of Fine Arts? If you're truly passionate about something, you're going to want to wake up in the morning and pursue, pursue that. Definitely. Um, so I, I pushed that route, and uh, I continued doing Milwaukee Blacksmith. I did a ton of public events, night markets, uh, demonstrations, things like that. I'm still pretty close with them, uh, and it just went from there. I... Uh, before that, I guess I should say, I built a forge with my dad, a coal forge, and I just started hitting stuff, beating it. I had no idea what I was doing, but yeah. it was just um, exploring it and experimenting was just so freeing. And part of me kind of wishes that. It's like when you first start to paint, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I kind of feel like I need to unlearn a little bit to de-stress, relax, figure that out. Totally. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think you touched on something interesting there, too, is like, when you came, when you came to the um, kind of conclusion that hey, maybe the biology thing wasn't quite for you because you really felt a passion mm-hmm. for that, and I think that's super cool. Is like, um, it's kind of like you find freedom almost. Or absolutely. So I don't know. I just think that's pretty cool. But yeah, life's too short to not be doing the shit you the stuff you wanted <laughs> you know exactly uh, it was kind of like why am i pursuing something that i always thought i should do mm-hmm. for something that makes me want to be a creative person to want to innovate to want to really push the boundaries and if someone can find that with biology that's awesome yeah More power to oh, them. Yeah, it totally. just wasn't for me and uh, i think you need to figure those things out i just wish i had done it before i had spent all those yeah money on all those credits yeah in the same boat was it one of the things like those things where like you felt like biology was just more like a viable option like it had more yeah yeah it was a viable option because there's jobs there's money there's Mm -hmm. security um and i love it i I still read about it i still am interested in it and you know maybe someday i'd like to audit as a retired man and come study biology again but totally doing it five days a week, I just couldn't see myself doing. There's just some things, if you work that job, it's soul-sucking. And uh, before you know it, you're 60, and you're like, what did I do with my life? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a scary scenario to wake up to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
One more thing real quick. You said you worked with Milwaukee Blacksmith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is and I'm still a, good friends with them. Is that a shop that, like, if people are interested, could they? Yeah, let go? me plug them. Uh, so they're a local shop in Bayview on Oklahoma and Chase in the old Nordberg factory. It's like yeah. a giant warehouse. They rent out a space. Uh, Blacksmithing 101, 125 bucks, four hours on a Saturday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. You learn how to make bottle openers, which is great because you learn scrolling, twisting, and tapering, three of the fundamentals of blacksmithing, which uh, apply to ornamental iron work. Yeah. Just on a smaller scale, and you get to make your own beer openers. Cool. Yeah. They're um, a fantastic family, the Knapp family. It, do they, um, did they have a TV show for a little bit? They did on the History Channel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee Blacksmith, they had one season. It did pretty well. It uh, didn't get re-upped, which is a real shame, but it yeah. was great. Uh, right after they finished filming, I came in. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I worked a lot of the TV show uh, release events. Did a lot oh, of that yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah. Hopefully that brought a lot of good publicity and definitely you know awareness to the fact that they're there and they're making stuff. And yeah, and it brought awareness to the city, too. Uh, a big part of it was just that Milwaukee used to feed the world, feed and supply the world. We were machine shops. We would ship grain. And uh, a big part of what they wanted to do is just show that we still work with our hands. We're not afraid to get dirty. We're not afraid to be creative and work hard. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything that you, so first of all, I just want to say that I was really excited to have you on because oh, it's you. cool to see, you know, I love art, but there's something really interesting to me about like art that has a function, mm. you yeah. know, like uh, when I saw the pictures you attached and I'll put them on the Instagram post. Uh, so people can know what I'm talking about, but like the the like dagger you made and the chisel and like it's so cool to be able to make something that you can actually use to make other things. I suppose you know, for lack of a better. That's perfect. Um, I mean, I think functional artwork is probably where my interests lie, and, and I struggle a lot to define myself in artist statements because I don't know if I would identify as a fine artist, maybe more of a craftsperson, mm -hmm. um, but. The function for me adds another level to it because you can see how, how well does this cut? Will this break under stress? Is this a functioning tool? And for me, there's benchmarks for me to get better and better and better. I'm never satisfied with my work. I always want to reach that next level. And I feel like the crafts allow me to kind of push myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So is there anything like any tools or objects or, you know, is there anything that you like to make the most? I see, you know, you have a range of like cups like a goblet it looks like and rings and knives and an axe the axe is sick first of all thank you yeah. that, that one's okay it, it's uh taken at an angle where it kind of hides the flaws but um <laughs> i think swords and daggers are going to be my main pursuit when i graduate okay. end goal being maybe someday i make stuff for movie sets or props or yeah. training weapons but i was a nerd as a kid i love fantasy swords and knights and shining armor stuff like that and uh the end goal would be to make top quality stuff like that okay um but anything with kind of a renaissance or medieval vibe like the goblets or cups the rings i want to know it all yeah um i don't think there's any limits for me just ancient crafts in general like i've been obsessed with baking bread this past break just because like yeah, it's cold awesome. outside i yeah. haven't been in school i got to use my hands so anything to just be connected with the ancient arts and keep that alive so maybe i can teach other people they can blacksmith they can bake bread they can set diamonds just keep it alive totally that's awesome can you imagine like living in a house that you built 
drinking out of cups <laughs> that you made using forks and knives. Like you just made everything yeah, that's yourself. That's amazing. I think that'd be, that'd be so really sick. Just, and it's like so rewarding. Like yeah. every meal would be like absolutely. You'd be enjoying Homemade, it. So, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I think there's a limit though, because like if you try to do everything, you're never gonna be a master of everything. You know, jack of all true. trades, master of none. Um, like I don't think I could make forks or spoons. Like there's some people really? who make foot. Well, maybe if I really tried, but. I feel like you could. I mean, I'm oh. looking at this chisel and the knife, and it's like... Yeah, that dagger. Yeah, you're just like a few, It's amazing. You know, yeah. Hey, the dagger looks like... That That was legit. one of my... That, that was like I hadn't made a blade from start to finish, and um, it was in one of my digital fabrication classes with Chad Bridgewater. Great guy. Great teacher. Shout out, Chad. Shout out to Chad. Yeah. Um, and he was like, what do you want to make? It's like, well, I, I really want to use these ancient and modern processes to push this. And he's like, okay, do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hand-forged, hand-ground. I learned the process of machining. Um, I don't know how to build, though. So you're, you're saying, like, live in a house, you built your own two hands. Yeah. I don't think I could be a carpenter. That's just a different set of skills. Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, well, then forget that part. Maybe just, like, all the stuff you use <laughs> yeah. in the house. Like. But I have so much respect for carpenters. Oh, for um, sure. Well, and it's, like, what's crazy is, like, carpenters – use some of the tools that you would make you know you know that's um something that really interests me there's an old uh saying that blacksmiths have uh by hammer in hand all crafts do stand where like the painter the armor the craftsman they need all their tools made by one person right, so yeah. we may not pursue those crafts but we provide the means for their ends it's like the roots you yeah, know, yeah. The, that's really awesome yeah yeah um go ahead oh, no you go so one thing like with the with the chisel um that I, that I want to understand, I guess. Yeah, so what yeah. it it's it says forged out this pattern welded chisel with a macum gain for for rule for rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a mouthful. So to preface this a little bit, that was made at a workshop with a legendary blacksmith and swordsmith called Rick Fuhr of Door County Forge Works. Plug to him, awesome. and a uh, person named David Barnhill, who is a extremely talented specialist in Mokume Gane. Mm -hmm. uh, for people listening, Mokume Gane is a Japanese word for wood grain metal. It's essentially um, non-ferrous or non-iron containing metals that are fused together and patterned. Okay. And uh, the pattern welded steel is Damascus steel, which little people know a bit more from like YouTube videos and yeah. stuff like that. That's where you take uh, steels that are high in nickel and high in carbon you fuse them together and then pattern them and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I really should do my research before we do this, but also it's cool hearing it It's it more explained. exciting this way, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, that pattern is, like, really amazing. So that pattern gets formed naturally by them fusing the... Uh, so what I did, uh, you, you stack up these pieces of metal, you weld the edges, just kind of hold it in place, um, and you get it screaming hot. And you slap it together slowly but surely. So all these individual pieces become one. So imagine like you've got clay, red, yellow, red, yellow, red, yellow. And then when you twist it, they're all going to be kind of mixed mm. in place. But in this case, I flattened it out and I ground into it. So when you eat away, mm -hmm. you're revealing those layers and you flatten it out. That's awesome. So uh, so how yeah. does it, how does it, I mean, um, how does it get that pattern just from, you know, because you would think it'd be mm -hmm. like, just lines or like no pattern at all from I don't understand like how it gets all that's like a great squiggly <laughs> so like let's say you you cut away at it and you flatten it so it's, it's hard to explain without visuals this is a challenge okay. um, 
Do you want to look at the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're cutting it at different levels. So I'm not cutting it perfectly evenly or perfectly flat. So it's got all these differences. And when you get it real hot again, you're smushing it all together. And then once you're all done, you actually dip it in acid. And the uh, acid reacts differently to the high carbon and the high nickel metal. Mm. So uh, that's why you get the stark contrast between the black and the white. And um, a lot of people do this technique with uh, clay, like I was saying. It's... I'm a very visual person, so it's kind of hard to put into words, but it, it's basically just cutting away and revealing different parts of the metal and um, smushing it down. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, super, super fascinating. I've always seen that, like, pattern and never yeah. really knew exactly what it was. But it's isn't it super, like, it's super tough, right, and durable? It is. And some people argue, like, oh, you could get a much better steel by just sticking to a 1095 or high-carbon high steel. And you can, but it's real tough. And it looks good. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that this is just one way to get a pattern. Like, you can drill into it. You can twist it. People are coming up with all sorts of ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, there's a really cool one where you take uh, use chainsaw blades and smush it down. And you get that pattern in there. It's real cool. Oh, that sounds cool. Maybe yeah. this is a stupid question. Oh, but, no. Um, what, so you just said 1095 car- high carbon steel. Yeah, yeah. Is that, like, the, the best... I wouldn't say best it really depends on what you're looking for okay. um, like i'm not an expert on it i'm not a metallurgist and i don't claim to be but for different jobs there's different kinds of steels like are we looking for something that's going to have a lot of strength and flexibility are we looking for something that's going to be keep an edge it really depends on what you're looking for okay um yeah yeah so like if you're making like a chisel that's going to take a lot of abuse you're going to want something that's really tough and can hold that edge okay yeah okay interesting um, do you, is there anything that you, this is a weird question. Do you listen to anything when you work? Like, is there any podcasts or t- like t- type of music that you enjoy yeah. or like? I listen to metal when I work with metal, <laughs> um, or grunge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I really like, uh, some of Nirvana's deep cuts mm-hmm. or their B sides or, um, their first album bleach. I don't know. There's just something about that energy when you're working around heat you're working around dangerous conditions it's just it kind of puts you in that mindset i can't imagine myself like listening to enya you know yeah or like opera or yeah, 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 yeah for sure um when i'm at work just you know it's a grind i like podcasts okay just something to keep you going hell yeah what yeah. kind of uh podcasts do you listen to besides i like i was saying i listen rogan. to joe rogan um other than that not a lot of podcasts. Okay. I listen to a lot of Game Grumps, which is just, you know, comedians playing video games and being idiots. But okay. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of different genres of music. I, I, it just depends on my mood. I'll have, like, binge one album for, like, a couple weeks, completely change course. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of like switching gears here, maybe. Yeah. Um, what... Like, just curious, what's the longest you've spent on a single like object that oh. you've made? That's tough. Um, maybe it was the dagger, there's probably 20 plus hours in that. Oh, okay. wow, yeah, yeah. Um, with that one, I forged out one that was going to be a sword actually, and it was beautiful. Uh, the thing about the steel I use for that though is if you hit it too hard or forge it too cold, it can crack. And I got cocky and I did that, and it, it just cracked. So, you had to like oh. just uh what's the word salvage the 
what was left, or did you start over? I scrapped it. Okay. I started over, yeah. Okay. okay. I was uh, limited on time, because at UWM, when you're working in a facility, you need two people there for safety reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Chad Bridgewater actually came into the blacksmithing area because no one else could come in with me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to take up too much of his time. I had a limited amount of time, so I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to make it shorter. It's going to be from a sword to a dagger. And I, you know. Still so, turned yeah, out. Yeah, it turned I out mean, amazing. Yeah, Thank sick. you. I really love that thing. Um, so know, I, oh, go ahead. No, that's hopefully a starting point for me. Okay. Um, like I'm happy with it, but I think it's important not to get too comfortable with your work. It's real easy. I think for artists to be like, yeah, I, I'm great. I'm yeah. awesome. And it's like, Ooh, that's dangerous though. Then you're, you're limiting yourself. You're, do you really want to peak when you're 25? No, yeah, yeah no, exactly. not at all. no. Um, I see the latest post on your Instagram or series of cowbells. Um, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I was looking at those. what made you? What was the inspiration for that? Okay, so that's uh, with the Mokumegane, which is basically Damascus steel, but with like brass, copper, um, things like that. In my research, I hadn't seen anyone make instruments from Mokumegane, mm-hmm. uh, and wow. I was really curious about the sound. And maybe it was because it sounds terrible. I don't know. I just really wanted to, and um, I really like looking through old books, old magazines. And uh, at Voyager Bookshop in Bayview, I found this really cool old magazine that documented old tools and processes. And there's these old handmade American farm bells. And I thought they were really beautiful. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought taking this material, the Mokumegane, which was traditionally used for um, beautiful sword parts, would be a nice juxtaposition between the high-end material with a low-end, down-and-dirty functional cowbell. Uh, so, Yeah. I found out it really doesn't sound great. <laughs> That's a super, super cool idea to me, though, is like fusing this one art form and then bringing sound into it and mm-hmm. seeing how, because it's like with, you know, rings and daggers and stuff, you're not ever really focused on what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So to, to, you know, make an object. It's a whole nother. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. Wow. You know, I don't know if I really answered the question of, does Mokumegane have a good sound or not because there's so many different alloys. What metals are you mixing? What's yeah. the shape of the bell? What's the size of the clap or the little thing that hits the sides of the bell? But I don't know. I, I just really wanted to focus on my craftsmanship, the sound of it, maybe, stuff like that. Maybe it was like just um, something you can experiment with more. Yeah. Um, so I'm approaching my final semester and I got to figure out a senior project seeing as how the semester starts in two days. Yeah. So I think I might dive deeper and do it. Um, it's just an extremely time-consuming process. Like To make one of those billets, we call it, or to fuse it together, takes at least eight to ten hours. And then to forge it from a thick piece to a thin sheet, probably another eight to ten hours. Wow. Yeah. And then it can fail on you at any point. Um, so out of the whole semester, I think I fused five or six billets, and only two of them really went through. Yeah. Wow. And that's something that I think is so interesting about the whole like blacksmith ideas. Like you could do all that work. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, like you said, if it's hot or cold or yeah. it could just crack and you got to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that's like pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. It's not really something, I mean, in painting, you can kind of just like paint over it. Sometimes with the canvas rips, maybe you're Bone, yeah, that but might like, be. and with music too, you can always re-record or. Yeah. But with yeah, it's like that's final. Then if it like cracks or breaks, yeah. it's like, sorry. It, it depends, you know. Like if you're working with mild steel, it's way more forgiving. But I feel like every art form has its trials and tribulations. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Agreed. 
but yeah, it took me a while to figure out, like, just throw it away, start over. You're going to save yourself a lot of time and heartache. Yeah, yeah. you got to have, like, a certain, like, detachment exactly. from it, yeah. you know. Wow. Yeah, it, it sucks when, like, that sword I was making, I, you know, you put your heart and soul into it, you're feeling good. And I truly think if you're an artist and you love what you do, you get a feeling that you don't get anywhere else when mm-hmm. you're making Yes. And you have that feeling. You, you love it. You you want to look at it after you're done with it. Then it cracks on you. You just got to <laughs> yeah, that, just say, okay. I know exactly what you mean. If I'm yeah. doing like a drawing or something mm-hmm. and I finish it and I love it, it's like I want to just stare at it for Absolutely. hours. But then, you know, if you're like really feeling something and then you make a, you know, if I'm doing a drawing with ink and you make a mark that you can't <sighs> undo and it's like, God, like. I couldn't do that. You know, then I, I got to just start over and I'm yeah. like, yeah feeling super discouraged but you have to just keep going and keep yeah. making stuff and you know know that eventually you're gonna make something again that yeah. feel you know gives you that same and and i don't know if it's the same with blacksmithing but like not every drawing or painting i do i fall in love with you oh know? absolutely and, and i know you know your process takes probably a lot longer than a drawing that i, I would that, that i would do at least that i would do I have so um, much respect for 2D artists because I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend's a 2D artist, and she could easily spend 20 hours on a drawing mm-hmm. or a painting. So I think there's no art that's more superior or this, that, or the other than mm-hmm. the other. It's just whatever you're into. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's probably so easy to smudge something like a charcoal drawing or have a cup of coffee if you spill it on your painting or yeah, your drawing. Yeah, definitely. It's just whatever you're into. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, I have kind of a interesting question. Maybe um, you talked about the cowbell and sound. Yeah. Have you ever thought about trying to hammer out like cymbals for like a drum set? That's an awesome idea. No, that's <laughs> that's, really that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's that'd a metal. Ins- yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that could be something cool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd have to look into how they're made. I imagine that. Um, on an industrial level, they're just kind of stamped out from a, a hydraulic press. But that's something I could do. That's yeah. a great idea. You know, something, are you a drummer? I am a drummer. So I, I would want to find someone who is a drummer and knows what it should sound like and knows what they're doing. Because, like, I could be like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I don't know what a good symbol <laughs> sounds like. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I just thought of it because I'm trying to think of other yeah. metal instruments, like, you know, bells and... I mean, I guess like a flute is something that probably be pretty <laughs> yeah. difficult. Flute would be sick too. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Just an idea. That's a great idea, though. What are they typically made out of? Brass. That's a great question. I don't know what the combination okay. of metals are in them. Yeah. Um, that's something I would have to look up to. Uh-huh. So, so like my theory, and you know, I could be completely wrong, <laughs> is that when a cymbal or a bell makes a sound, you hit it and it resonates. Correct. But when you've got all those layers, I imagine that that resonance kind of gets interrupted. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. You know, I only did one semester worth of testing. It could take me my whole life before I have an answer. True. And I feel like part of the reason I like this is it kind of feels like a science experiment. You know, you got a hypothesis, you test it, you fail, you try again, you fail. Yeah. It's just this rabbit you're chasing. It's pretty cool, though. Looks like symbols are made from bell bronze. Okay. Malleable bronze, brass, and nickel silver. They're all copper based. It's the four of them. That, that four main alloys. Make it cool. easy for me, actually. Mm. Those uh, like to play nice together in the kiln. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, is there anything that you're working on currently? Um, like in the middle of? I'm 
Honestly, this whole winter break, I've been working full-time, okay. just about full-time, and baking a lot of bread. <laughs> yeah. I kind of took a break from uh, crafting because I haven't had a lot of access to the studio because it's been shut down. Um, and I think it's been good for me to kind of mentally take some time away and reflect upon my work. So it's been bread. Hell yeah. yeah. That's cool, though. It's cool to, uh, you know, just do different things than what you normally do <coughs> yeah and so on your way in here you kind of were mentioning um you were able to follow your passion of art mm -hmm. and you found a job now i don't know if you want to talk about like the specifics of it but can you kind of explain what you do at with your yeah. job um so goldsmithing so you get your engagement ring it's beautiful it's good to go someone's got to get their hands dirty to make that so the goldsmiths who do sizing or setting the stones will, you know, cut it apart, put it back together and make it look beautiful. But before that gets sent out, I polish it up. So they're, they're pretty well polished, but also kind of rough by the time I get them. So I use a couple polishing lathes to essentially remove layers of metal to make them look bright and beautiful. So by the time the customer gets them into their hands, I've had my hands on it with my partner to um, make it look great. And I've been working there... I did the internship about a year ago, and I've been working part-time yeah. uh, about four months ago. So, yeah, yeah, we make it look beautiful. Uh, white gold doesn't actually technically exist. We played it uh, in an element called rhodium that's dissolved in acid, and it creates this beautiful white shiny layer and a protective layer over it, so I do that. Um, and I'd really love to get into the 3D design because uh, I've got, or I'm pursuing it, uh, certificate in digital fabrication and design as well. Oh, sweet. so combining those ancient modern techniques of uh, designing it, 3D printing it, working with clients and customers to make some really cool stuff. That's what excites me is the custom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I think that's something we've had a few guests talk about that a little bit where they weren't sure how they could pursue art and get a job. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's pretty cool that you actually, I don't know, you kind of found the best of both worlds with what you're doing. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Because, you know, you got to pay the bills at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would I love to just be making swords all day? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really want to get into woodworking. I want to do my baking. But, you know, you got to pay the bills. Um, so this is a happy medium. It's a great workplace. Uh, it helps me improve my craftsmanship. It really just gives me a higher set of standards, I think, because their standards are so up there. Yeah. Um, I think everyone should find something that they can do to fuel their passion if they can. I mean, yeah. I think I got lucky. Luck is part of it, too. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. Have yeah. you um, Have you made anything that assists in the bread making? <laughs> that's a great idea not yet no okay. <laughs> i only got into bread making for like the past two months okay. i was just like oh, let's try it do you make like sourdough or any that's certain i have types? a story about this actually <laughs> okay okay so to make sourdough you need to make a sourdough starter mm -hmm. uh that's essentially a bunch of natural wild yeast and bacteria yeah and um that takes about six or seven days uh, you start off by throwing some whole wheat flour a little bit of water it starts bubbling up you add some all-purpose flour and that releases gas I read online you shouldn't get a jar with a metal lid because it builds up gas, builds up pressure. So I got one with like a rubber seal. Apparently, uh, mason jars work really well because my jar blew up on me. 
Oh, oh wow. No, my starter worked too well. Oh, no. Yeah, that was a mess. So I'm in the process of making another starter. Um, it's probably going to take another seven days or so to get going, but we're doing a lot of white bread, Italian bread. Yeah. Mm. Uh, really into fougasse, which is a French flatbread. Um, I watch a ton of the Great British Bake Off with my girlfriend, oh, yeah, yeah, so we try to like recreate the recipes. Um, yeah. I, I just I always want to try something new, whether it's baking or woodworking or blacksmithing. I just feel like I'm stagnant if I'm not trying to challenge myself or improve. I think that's a good drive, though, to have. Yeah. It's just constantly trying to become better and try new things. And Yeah, and it's cool to see like how passionate you are about all these things. Like Some people might just take up making bread but to know it sounds like you know like some of the science behind it and like a little the, bit the details of you know i would you know it's it's cool to just see somebody who's picking up multiple hobbies like that um do you silly question do you like make sandwiches or do you eat oh, it with yeah. dinner or do you feed it to birds or like <laughs> what do you do with it after it's you done? know the birds thing is a good idea for when it gets stale and i gotta throw it out yeah. um i make sandwiches i just eat it on its own um i'd like to give it to friends like yeah i have some great friends they got me some awesome christmas gifts and they didn't tell me so i got like this japanese forging hammer from oh, one wow. friend oh wow. i got a cigar humidor and i was like oh, wow God get you anything so i've just been making them bread um it gave me a challenge to make some like italian pull apart bread so i've been trying to pursue that too where you like cut it apart melt cheese and there you got garlic butter and it just is gooey and it's delicious so that's wow. honestly such a good gift like a homemade loaf of bread if i got yeah. that i'd be like wow you made this for me you know yeah. it's like one thing to get a gift card yeah, you know but to get a, yeah. a you know a loaf of bread that your friend made it's like wow that's you know thoughtful and you can actually do something with it too yeah. It doesn't last long, but yeah, yeah. right. I'm sure yeah. it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they understand, you know, like broke college student. I can give right. you bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost rather. I'd prefer that though, like bread over. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, anything grown like a garden or made. Yeah. Is you know is nice. Gardening's great too. Yeah. It's, I wish I had a garden. There's something about the whole handmade. Like human made, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what yeah. drives me, for sure. I, I just feel like living in the suburbs and the cities, we we get disconnected from who we really are. We come from farmers, we come from people who work with their hands all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel stale if I don't do that stuff. Like I love gardening too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just this connection with the crafts and nature that I think that we've become so numb to. It's just I want to keep that alive with For other sure. people too oh totally yeah yeah humans are capable of so much so but much. like one thing that they are capable of is like creating machines to make stuff mm. to yeah. you know and it's like that's good and bad i think mostly good but it's great but it makes us complacent like, yeah and yeah. like distances you you and us from distances people from like you know like you said their roots yeah so and i i was uh, just for me personally i always thought it was cooler when someone did it with their hand i mean oh for you know, sure like, yeah but it's, it's nice to have like there's a convenience people can have you know people who might not normally be able to have certain things can have them because it was you know mass made or like yeah you can afford it or something yeah there's a convenience to being able to go and buy like uh an axe at a yeah absolutely store or something but it's also like really cool when someone forges an yeah. axe and then you know, can use that too. It is really yeah. cool, but also like I couldn't make an axe, <laughs> so I need to be able to go somewhere to buy one, and not True. everyone can make one. And that's you know okay, I mean? unless you like yeah. know someone, 
you know, if I knew Peter, I could need an axe, yeah. you know, it's one thing. But if I didn't know anyone, I got to go somewhere to get one. And, you know, I'd buy an axe just to be like, how do they build this? What is it supposed to look that like? What, what am I shooting towards? Because, you know, I made that axe, but, you know, honestly, he used a lot of improvements. Yeah. Um, and it was more of a fantasy one. Having a metal handle on an axe is not practical at all. Really? It, it, no, why, not why at all. Why is that? Oh, it hurts your hands. Oh, Does it resonate? When it resonates. It, it yeah. hurts. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, uh, it, I made that uh, up north where my dad lives. I got a small blacksmithing station up there. And that's my favorite time to make because with school, you got deadlines. You're trying to mm-hmm. make something that'll look good and critique. But when you're alone in your studio, you can just make something for the hell of it. Yeah. You just not be afraid to screw it up, throw it out. So it was... I don't know. Let's just try to make something. And uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to when I graduate is just messing around, making stuff, not being afraid about failure. You know? Yeah. Wow. Now, this might be also a kind of a silly question, but, like, you know, I a lot of art forms, they cost a lot of money yeah. to pursue them. Yeah. Being a blacksmith, is there a lot of, like, front end costs that you have to yeah eat um it, it depends on how you're going to do it so when i first started out with the coal forge um we found a barrel that was abandoned cut it in half welded some legs onto it bought 30 bucks worth of charcoal and some scrap steel and got going so that was cheap but like if you're going to natural gas or propane yeah it can get pretty pricey to keep that running that's why it was so fantastic with milwaukee blacksmith if you do the apprenticeship you do a couple hours of labor you get a couple hours of free shop time oh that's really and cool if anyone's interested you know they're always looking for more apprentices yeah um it's really not a bad deal there is a yeah. lot of overhead um not to mention there's liability if you're trying to work in another space yeah. things like that huh yeah yeah but, I mean, you can keep the cost down if you buy old tools, you know, um, stick into the coal. Depends on how far you want to push it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into the really nice tools like a hydraulic forge press, yeah, that's going to get expensive. Or the power hammers. Oh, I wish I had one of those. But. Yeah. How yeah. much does a power hammer cost typically? Uh, I mean, you don't have to, I just What? Yeah. 3000 to twenty, thirty thousand dollars wow. Depends on what you want, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, I've seen people build them, but there's no way I'm doing that. That's, um, do you have access to stuff like that, like regularly or not? Oh, uh, really? Milwaukee blacksmith. Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. Uh, I I can't make blades there, um, just because they do a lot of ornamental iron work, and that's just not their forte, and I respect that. So, uh, UW Milwaukee actually got a blacksmithing grant. Uh, oh, wow. a guy named Adam Hawk, who's got a master's in blacksmithing. Uh, I believe he's a design teacher too. Says so setting that up. Um, unfortunately, it'll be set up right as I'm graduating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping I can like pay to take classes and use the equipment, but we should be getting a forge press, power hammers, like a real legit professional blacksmithing setup here, which is fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully you can have more students on here that are going to be doing it. Hopefully making even cooler stuff than I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I want more people to do it because they don't. No one's going to know how to do this anymore. Yeah. It's just going to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And is that? So, and I know we kind of touched on this, but, and I know it's a passion for you to do this, but is the, it seems like that's also a drive for you is like, you want to almost carry on that legacy. Absolutely. Of, yeah. yeah. I, I've done a lot of demonstrations uh, on top of the Groban Museum, the ancient lost arts festival, things like that. It's education, inspiration. Cause for me, blacksmithing pulled me out of a funk. It helped me and I hope it can do that for other people. Or even if it's drawing painting sculpting i don't care yeah just 
someone seeing me doing something I love hopefully can help them. Or just even if they see it and they can tell someone else about it and that inspires them. It's just so important to me that uh, it carries on. Because, I mean, it's so obscure. Yeah. I mean, shows like Milwaukee Blacksmith or Fortune Fire, YouTube are really helping to keep it alive. But, I mean, let's be honest. The blacksmith's not necessary anymore. We've got mass production. We don't need it. But it's cool. Yeah. And it's cultural. Um, It's just so interesting to me. And I hope others can appreciate it the same way. Do you watch the show Forged in Fire? A little bit. Um, it's really interesting, but what bothers me is like, I want to know how they made one specific part and they skip over it because like yeah. for someone who's watching it, they're probably not going to care. Yeah. Um, but I think it's such a shame that they go over all these really interesting detailed parts um, or their processes. I wish it was like three times longer so they could get into that. Hmm. It's a really cool show though. Yeah. And I've those, watched it. And yeah. It is interesting, but yeah, you're right. They don't really get into it. It's kind of, a lot of it, well, it's kind of like a game show, so you're yeah. kind of against the clock and some parts of it. Yeah, and, you know, that has its own merits. Like, can you do this within that time frame? But realistically, are you going to be doing a painting within a time frame like that? Or are you going to be sculpting? Probably not unless you're in a contest like yeah. they're kind of in, yeah. probably. Um, it's a really cool show, though, and they have some amazing smiths on there. I respect all the people that are on there. Yeah. And my end goal is to end up as good or better as some of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you would ever try out to be on that show? Nah. No. No. I mean, it, it's a meditative, happy place for me, and that would okay. bring stress into it. And I don't want to, like, pollute my meditation, you know? Yeah. No, that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. I mean, it'd be an honor, but no. Yeah. Do you have, um, like, an online store or, like, a place where you sell stuff? Yeah. Do you sell your work? Oh, uh, I do commissions here and there. Uh, not yet. The goal is to like get established with my career, start doing projects on the side and selling it. Uh, that's what's great about where I work is a lot of jewelry places don't allow you to make or sell anything. Uh, as far as I know, Kessler's Diamonds is like, hey, you don't have diamonds in your, in your work? Cool. Be yeah. a creative. They respect that. That's cool. Um, like I, I just uh, got back from a training session with a guy who uh, does sword fighting. and He was saying, hey, a couple of years, I might contract you to make a sparring sword. So it'd be nice to get into that market. Um, if this, uh, Mocha Megani thing works out, I have a couple connections in the music industry where maybe I could pursue that. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I'll make, I'll take anyone's money, make anything <laughs> for them. You know? I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> it's real though. But yeah, yeah that, yes. uh... I mean, I, I see a commission as like a new anvil, something like that, uh, to pursue right, your passion. Exactly. Um, you got to just like funnel that money back into it to keep, exactly, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's obviously liability with tools, weapons, things like that. So, you, you know, I, I am a little bit careful, like who am I making this for? Are yeah. you going to be responsible <laughs> with it? I would feel, I, it sounds weird, but I would feel guilt if someone used something I made to hurt someone else. I don't yeah, know. for sure. Yeah. Like More you, like you put your energy into that. I don't want someone getting hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. So, you got anything else? I don't know. Is there anything you can, if you want to pitch your work, Instagram, <sighs> anything? Um. Yeah. Yeah. What's my Instagram? It's Peter James Creations, right? Mm-hmm. So look me up on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Uh, if you're a fellow fellow metal worker, I'd love to see your work. I'm always drawing inspiration from others. Um, I just like to network. 
I'm always willing to take on a commission, uh, whether it's jewelry or blades or something I've never done before. That's what drives me. Um, shout out to the uh, UW-Milwaukee Jewelry Metalsmithing Program. It's a great program. Not enough funding, but um, <laughs> I'd urge people to take uh, intro to jewelry and metalsmithing class. It's fantastic. Yeah. Get into it. Enjoy it. Um, make things you never thought you could make before. I want a brooch. I'm going to hit you up for a yeah. brooch commission. These are sick. This segregation one and the door oh, knocker yeah. one. That, yeah. These are really cool. Yeah, I'd love to put something on my jacket or something. Exactly, yeah. Totally. What kind of stuff interests you for that? Good question. Um, I'd have to look at like a library of yeah. brooch pictures. You know, I don't. Um, there's a movie. I can't think of what movie it is, but like the it centers around a missing brooch or something. Oh, hmm. it'd be cool to have like that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to like think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure, but, absolutely. Um, I like uh, like little flary stuff, and just to have something that like stands out. These are really cool. It's always more interesting for me when people give me a commission because sometimes I feel like you can get stagnant as an artist, but if someone else's vision comes into play, it gives you that jump start. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we'd love to have you on yeah. again at some yeah. point. Honestly, um, this is a good interview. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm Kyle. Aiden. Peter Chaconis. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Of yep. course, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.